it's gonna be awkward. <laughs> Boom, what up? We're back. Back in the pen for episode 10, dude. Wow, dude. You didn't even tell me that one. I just thought of it, man. I'm getting quicker. I'm getting better. That was off the cuff? Off the cuff, dude. Z, that was impressive. <laughs> I am not going to lie. That was impressive. Um, just well, watch Dave Mile. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, just one moment. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, dude, let's uh, keep the steam rolling ahead. And introduce our next guest. We've got Mr. John <coughs> all night long. I would say my favorite person, my personal favorite nickname. Uh, mine, hands down. Because <laughs> you're the only person I actually refer to as John all night. I'll say John all night before I say John long, or I'll just say the whole thing is John all night long. I feel I feel like it has to be in there when you say. Your when name. did you come up with that? Uh, Shit, it was originally John Ironic. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> All no, night's no, better, no, dude. Just, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah, it was uh, back in 2010, 2011. Oh, damn. She had yeah. that for a minute. Yeah, well, welcome to the show, dude. Thanks for coming. Yeah, appreciate for you coming. guys having me on. So Absolutely. Excited. You're a super busy man. You're running the... Uh, you're running the entire amateur team now, right? At Fight Ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do that uh, every night, Monday through Thursday. It's 8.15 to 10. And then Friday, we just go around various locations around the valley. Uh, whatever gyms want to jump in, we do, like, community sparring. That's, oh, uh, damn. That's I cool. have, uh, so right now we got about four gyms, four or five gyms. We have Jab Fitness, uh, Arizona Muay Thai, Chandler MMA. We got some guys from Seton coming down, too. Oh, but, really? Uh, wherever we go, that host gym teaches, like... Uh, some techniques, and then we just get to punching each other in the face. Dude, that is a cool, such a cool community and concept. Yeah, that's a really cool concept and really cool community to build. Did How you just think of that? or? Yeah, well, it's, you know, what? when I was growing up, uh, one of my coaches didn't like me going elsewhere. Uh, so they were just kind of bogarting me. Honestly, if you're limiting your students from going other places, getting other, you know, views, getting other looks as far as, like, training goes – uh, you're limiting their progress so right. i'm not trying to limit my any of my people's progress at all i want to want them to grow get a massive blossom into butterflies <laughs> exactly yeah, dude yeah when uh like how how did it go about did it was it like you reaching out to the other gyms or like just it at fights or how did that come about um it was more so so i came over from jet fitness i was there for the past six years under my coach jason Bress. Um, and I would go over there to spar still sometimes. And then, uh, Paul McGowan over at Chandler and may have known him for, you know, quite a while. I just reached out to them and wanted to get, uh, you know, some of their guys together with my guys. Cause I had some guys that wanted to fight. I knew they did as well. Uh, the problem with lack of training partners around people, uh, especially per certain people's sizes. Yeah. So that's you know, just kind of happened. Yeah. Dude, that's really cool. Is it like <clears throat> do a lot of uh, like other states or other community MMA communities do this or like? Um, not that I know of. Not that I'm aware of. I, I mean, I would cool. think it's rare just because I still feel like we're still in that phase to where people are afraid of giving away techniques or they're afraid of that. Mm. 
kind of what you were talking about, mm -hmm. like sheltering you away from going to other gyms and trying out other techniques and things. So I almost feel like it's just such a pave way kind of system that's going to pave the way for, for the young up and coming guys to kind of make that feel safe and comfortable. That's cool. Yeah. Cause it kind of, it seems like, I mean, obviously we're, we're on such a different end of it, but like in terms of bringing the community of MMA together, I think that's like kind of what our goal is with this show is say, you know, it doesn't matter who, who you are, where you train, just so long as that you're a good person and that you're, you know, you're, you're training to get better is what, what it's all about. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. What are the rounds like? Is it is it like 50-50 sparring or 50% or are they um, going? Is it, does it get competitive, like really competitive? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it gets pretty competitive, um, especially you got some guys in there with some egos sometimes. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, the the whole thing with uh, when we go over to other gyms and whatnot too because we're not trying to step on any toes and, you know, vice versa as well. It's just the big thing is communication. Right. So, um, if you have somebody with fights coming up, those rounds are going to be a lot harder and, you know, they can communicate that to their partners as well. Uh, but aside from that, yeah, we're, we're just all trying to get better. You well, know? these alliances, like, I guess actually now that I'm thinking about it, like you had the alliance with, um, Faber and, um, Nick Diaz Academy, uh, with alpha male and mm -hmm. kind of those guys. And then I think that's just now starting to come a thing, right? Well, it's just now breaking because uh of actually crone mm. uh was one of the diaz brother guys obviously and then they were trying to get uriah to fight crone he wouldn't take that fight because of this alliance sort of deal yeah and then cub ended up just like kept kept talking shit and kept saying it. and so he's like all right well, i guess this alliance is no longer a thing mm -hmm. so but had there been the communication of like all the stuff on the other end yeah probably wouldn't have to have the alliance damaged or, or anything like that so i think it's key what you just said about communication mm -hmm. yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of this stuff i mean it's, it's a sport full of violence and you know mildly autistic people so <laughs> it's, right. yeah. it's like if you're not communicating anything then man it's tough yeah you can't really grow it, it kind of yeah it definitely holds you back and then also too it's got to be a lot of the whoever the head guy of the gym is too depending on you know Mm -hmm. how i guess open they are to to the ideas of everything and and whatnot but overall though like it's the sport to be doing it where you've got that the willingness to be open-minded i think more than any other sport i would say yeah yeah it's a uh, well the, the whole concept kind of you know just it came from jujitsu because they have like jujitsu is a very tight-knit community no matter mm -hmm. what gym you go to or who you're under uh, you'll have like Sunday open mats, Saturday open mats, and everybody just goes through to get that. But we didn't, you know, we just didn't have it in sparring or MMA, Muay Thai, right. whatnot. So damn, yeah. So where where did everything start for you? Like where did where did fighting become a thing? Did it start with MMA wrestling? Um, it started with wrestling actually. Uh, so man, I got I got picked on a hell of a lot <laughs> when really? I, I was a kid. Yeah, I was a I was a little fat kid who sang and oh, uh, yes, still know. without the singing though. Yeah, yeah. danced well, Backstreet Boys and all that. Uh, I was <laughs> that was band. him. I was an in sync guy, oh, but yeah, I, I I sang uh, in chorus, dude. I was a big chorus guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you're honor laughing, choir. Dude. What's up? Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. So you yeah. got picked on. 
And then you had to start defending yourself? Yeah, yeah. So I got, I'm from Georgia originally. I got picked on out there, came out here, like, got picked on out here. And I was like, fuck, man, common denominator is I'm just a big puss. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, the guys that I was running with in, in middle school, um, they just, they started to get me into wrestling. And then my PE coach in middle school was the wrestling coach for the high school that I was going mm-hmm. to. So jumped there, started wrestling for three or four years, and then he wanted to start a fight team. I didn't have anything to do after high school, so didn't know what I was wanted to do. Uh, so I just started training, you know, jujitsu and whatever whatever striking he could teach. Yeah. That was back yeah. in 2007. Wow. Damn. That's, yeah, and that's still in the sports. I mean, we're talking like Tito versus Chuck days in their yeah. prime. Not, not when yeah. we just saw Tito versus Chuck. Yeah, not, definitely not the not run the of 2019. Back. God, yeah, that's dude. crazy. I mean, the sports evolved so much. How's that been for you mm. just witnessing it so close firsthand, like the evolution of the sport? Where do you feel like it's at? Like what's In your the mix. Oh, man, it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's ballooned now. It's it's uh, it's so popular worldwide that yeah. before, like when I first started, you know, they were like, oh, so you do boxing? I was like, no, no, I'm <laughs> doing MMA. What is that? You know, now it's like. So is that different from WWE? Yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. So, is it like set matches? You guys win ahead of time? I'm like, no. Now it's it starts off with oh, you do MMA and instead of just boxing, kickboxing, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a it's a huge change from you know where I started yeah. for sure. Has it been hard to adapt as a as a coach and or fighter just with the changes, or has it been pretty easy for you? Or do you feel like it gives you an advantage when you're helping guys that are coming up that you have just such a broad insight? Um, I, th- I think it gives me an advantage, you know, because uh, when I first started teaching or first started coaching, it was over at LA Boxing in 2012, and uh, a lot of the people that were coming up just had one skill set, you know, somebody just they did a little bit of boxing or they just did wrestling or you know they just did some jujitsu, so you'd have to fill in the blanks, and then now everybody's coming up, they've got they've got a good idea, lots of times about uh you know what they're doing, especially at the nighttime, right? Uh, team. Oh yeah. So, yeah, a lot of those guys are, are real, real focused on where they want to go. Are you still actively fighting at all, like trained to, to fight and any of that, or just uh, focusing on coaching? Uh, so I've been focusing on coaching for like the past year, um, just dealing with injuries and whatnot, just finances, and then uh, I plan on fighting again early next year. Nice. There you so. go. That'll be fun. To get yeah. back in there, I'm. I haven't gotten to see you fight yet, and I'm excited to. Oh man, I'm Homer Griffin or Homer Homer Simpson. <laughs> well, we see you spar. You're ducking and you're diving. Peter so Simpson. it is. Homer, yeah. Homer <laughs> Simpson. Dude, that's a good combo out there. That's you're a slip, You're slipping like Tyson Fury out there. It's yeah, crazy. It you're you're like it's crazy that you came from wrestling. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would say that like you're the most well balanced looking individual. Like as you're just doing movements like when you do it when you throw a knee i feel like it's the most perfectly balanced proportion of weight distribution throughout your whole body like it's crazy Just the optimized right like the correct like proper form a still shot of every frame of a full knee it's like every spot is perfect weight distribution as if you're a robot Oh man, I, I think that just went straight into shadow boxing narcissism. <laughs> Staring at myself in the mirror the whole time, making sure my other hand was up. I mean, yeah. it's but like it's 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 so Paid crazy. Off, yeah, yeah, dude. Like it's it's fascinating to watch. Well, and that's what's crazy too is it's uh, 
I mean, your your whole style is is really just that that almost uh, I guess you could say the fully evolved perfect MMA style to where you don't have that just one thing like you were talking about to where a lot of guys have wrestling or jujitsu, but their striking is still strict Muay Thai or American mm-hmm. kickboxing or Dutch kickboxing or even just boxing. Yours seems like it's just a full on blend of all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paragon is huge with that. But yeah, Paragon. Paragon is big with that. You know, it, it's it's funny that Paragon is you know now what we're doing um, because that's you know I I wasn't particularly good at any any certain style or something like that. For in fact, I was eating my ass wolfed in a lot of different <laughs> ways until I figured out you know I just got to do shit my way. Yeah. And then starting to do stuff your way, it's like okay, well now you have other people having a hard time figuring you out and then the shit's working and then okay well let's go ahead and lay this down and then paragon we just you know coming together with brains and you know different techniques that work for us and whatnot so yeah well obviously it works at at every level of execution i mean we we see all the team fight ready guys whether it's amateur pro ufc bellator like there's these these obvious differences in striking ability plus the whole package sort of a thing. You know right. I mean? Yeah. It's you, cool to see. Yeah. You're really seeing it with Paragon a lot. And one thing I want to ask with Paragon, just with you and Randy, how often are you guys meeting and coming up with, is it after fights specifically that you guys are having your meetings and say, okay, we now, now need to go back to the drawing board with certain techniques or add techniques or take certain things out. Like what's kind of the meeting like? Um, we were we were getting together uh, about once a week mm. and just to kind of figure that stuff out. Um, now it's been a little bit less when every, everybody's been so busy doing everything. So, um, yeah, once a week we have testing coming up this this coming week from I think it's yellow to orange. So mm. we're going to be getting together uh, one of these days before then, just kind of setting everything up. Yeah, I feel like once things are kind of on the on the ground or off the ground running, rather, you know, you kind of meet here and there to fine tune things but like the curriculum's kind of laid out and then you know it's just those little before belt testing and shit probably yeah mm-hmm. well and then the other thing i was gonna ask too is do you encourage your fighters to test um yeah i i want them to test um the so the belt testing is yeah i, I mean i want them to test because they'd be a good good example of what paragon should be well yeah and you can you also know. just give a quick uh I, I guess we haven't really set up exactly what the testing is even though we kind of briefly talked about it but what exactly is the testing system yeah. so the testing is you know just various shirt colors um so for example uh white shirt yellow shirt uh orange shirt red shirt blue shirt just leveling up like that um we don't want any of our folks who aren't red shirt uh or in a red shirt we don't want them to compete just because we don't know what level they're on, you know, for the most part. Uh, some people have come in and, you know, been to the wet shirts because they have. Yeah, they have a lot of competition experience with that. So, but yeah, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of taken out the bang system, the shirt colors and whatnot, but, you know, our own. I think it's a cool, a cool measure and a cool way for, you know, people, whether people of all uh, levels, I think, to get into it and feel like they're, getting better you know like i think that's a really cool part of of jujitsu and karate and like these other martial arts is like i know it can get corny but like it really depends on the culture of of where you are and and i know it 
fight ready with Paragon, it's just, it's not corny. Nothing of it's corny. So well, it's not even necessarily corny. I think the issue with a lot of like, or an issue that people have with karate schools in Taekwondo is that, you know, they're like what Paris just said last week is that they're 10 years old with a black belt. Right. That's not, you know, you can't get that mm -hmm. in jujitsu, but you can't really with Paragon either. I mean, you have to still follow, you know, and, and really know what you're doing until you can just test. It's not like, well, you had good attendance, so you get to test because, you know, you have to really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't tested, you make sure but you I was just, stuff. yeah. Yeah, we we uh put it in live action as well. So I think uh one mm. of the one of the later belts, it's just you you got to get you know beat up by a group of people at the same time. They'll be coming in with chairs and everything else. So oh damn, <laughs> that for real, dude! No, oh, oh, that's that's like, that's you like, jump by a group of eight, <laughs> dude. That's the coolest. Just get five people approach you in a parking lot. What do you do? So <laughs> you think God. the test is over, but it's really just a bunch of people waiting for you. As soon as you're done with the actual hard part of the test, in the sprints, everything, you're walking out with the gym bag. Think you have your new belt and you get jumped by eight guys. That's yeah, the fight, slide, or freeze, man. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Brass knuckles and baseball bats, dude. What's up? Uh, and you owe them money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got so, money from fake mustaches, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, I, I, following you on social media. You're quite a talented musician. Oh, appreciate that. Oh yeah, that is I dabble. That <laughs> dude, you're you. The songs that you choose to put out are always great. Like the last one is a wedding singer that I think you reposted oh, yeah. that. That was solid, dude. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> like I thought, I which, which one the the bullshit Linda was? <laughs> yes, dude. I was yeah. dying. Well, that and tenacious D too. Tenacious D. Oh, yeah, you know, gently. That's <laughs> yeah, dude, that's the greatest. That was like the first. Uh, comedy song that i got into and it was like before white and nerdy and uh like before i really figured out about weird, weird al <laughs> and these parody songs it was like tenacious d was the funniest thing dude, i love that dude dude they're geniuses they're musical they really geniuses. are brilliant yeah the brilliant. fact that they can do that and actually be good music listenable music yeah phenomenal <laughs> so how what are the all the instruments that you can play um, I could just play guitar. Uh, you know, I could sit there and figure something out on a piano pretty quickly. But yeah, for the most yeah. part, it's yeah, guitar. Guitar's my Do you still sing? Like other than just? Yeah, I have been. Um, still been trying to get back into it. Uh, you know, it's just something that I do to kind of as a hobby, decompress. Mm -hmm. You know, being right. around people all day. Got when I get home, I'm just like fuck. Yeah. You know, be my vampire self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell, just away from everybody else. Post, Post some memes, memes. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Post some bullshit. Talk all the things I wanted to say throughout the day, you know? <laughs> Dude, you've got the funniest memes that you share. You, Hector, and like Zihad. working his way up. Zihad sure. has some solid memes that he throws out there. Yeah, but, that's still a lot of my stuff from Hector, that fucker. Yeah. <laughs> but you two have just a ton of like never-ending comedy coming out well, it's of like hector shit. like you'd think it's his job sometimes like every time he's so in my algorithm on facebook <laughs> every time i'm on there it's like me 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 i'm like fuck dude how do you even know like I all right a, i'm gonna share this one because yeah. you know that's not all he's seeing i get a notification that uh hector made a post a lot of times <laughs> <Me too. laughs> we gotta Just get that for our story that's <laughs> i know dude we gotta get on that level but yeah, dude, it's uh, you guys are are funny. Well, Fuckers. that's the other thing too, though, is that like um, 
not only with the funny stuff, but I've noticed that you also have like a lot of super inspirational stuff. And then watching you, how you handle the the practices even too, you know, there there is a lot of that motivational push and that extra inspiration. Is that something for you that just came once you kind of came over everything? Or because it feels real. It? it feels real. It doesn't seem forced. No, it's super yeah. deep in there for you. Yeah, that, that's uh, just something like just overcoming, you know, shit that I've been through, you know, in my life or whatnot. I know that, you know, lots of times I, I'd fuck, man, it, it'd be one certain song or one, uh, you know, something somebody said or whatever that all of a sudden clicked and made some stuff, you know, snap for me in my head. And it was just like, man, that combined with the experiences and constantly looking for, fuck, there must be a, you know, reason for all this stuff. And if I'm looking for the reason, then, okay, I could find the lesson, yeah. you know, in it. So I just look at a lot of stuff just like that. Try to be real objective about things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my whole perception on all of that is, uh, you know, the, this life can either happen to you or for you. And it's it's like, you know, whatever you're choosing it to be. Right. You know, it's it's kind of like life by design. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's, you know, my whole perception of it. But, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't necessarily look at things like that or, you know, maybe aren't at that point part yet to where they can. So Right. They're not holistic about it. I don't know <clears> if people are going to be able to hear this banging that's going on yeah, but there is obnoxious banging sounds like it's done anyways um at least we don't have the cleaning crew coming in yeah. here yeah, we've, we've had been that getting like three weeks in a row where we were doing these where we had to do them at night and the cleaning crew came in and <laughs> they can't read our sign that says please do not disturb because it's in english <laughs> and the night crew they don't like if uh, if they need to throw something away it's got to be labeled basura okay it can't be trash because just you just put it up there yeah then they don't take it if it says yeah. trash it will literally sit there for a week until it's edited to basura <laughs> edited edited yeah uh where were we though we were talking about uh inspiration but what i was thinking is since we're coming close on that time we could just knock that out now and then just pick back up on it oh yeah let's want. do that all right Quick break. Oh, wow. That's too loud. All right, we're back. Um, yeah, back on uh, inspiration. How, like, how do you go about finding the, the realness in that? Like, I think so many people try to be inspirational or, or like, are, have the intention to, to do what what you're saying to do but it comes off they're lacking in authenticity yeah they're they're lacking that conviction it seems like um i feel like you know what you're saying like lacking authenticity authenticity comes to me authenticity comes from the inside out yeah you know, a lot of people look at that like okay i'm trying to solve outward problems you know inward and really it's it's the exact opposite like there's a there's a saying that I heard like if you want out of your current situation go in. Mm -hmm. So if you're going in trying to fix the you know the issue that you have with the problem like is it actually an issue is it re relating or stemming from something that you know you have a, a problem with in the past something like that it's it all can be solved like inward and then work your way out you know yeah, that, yeah. that's the way I kind of like look at that so I think taking that approach is huge yeah. I, I think too, like having, having artistic outlets, um, there's something that like correlates between artistic outlets and being authentic. 
Do you, do you think that or feel that way? Absolutely. Like when, absolutely. When I first started trying to play piano, it was like, that was like a, a big step, I think in figuring out like who I am, you know, because like mm-hmm. I would, I'd learn these things and then it's like super artistic and kind of a struggle to learn. And like, then you perform, whether it's performing to like your Instagram story or mm-hmm. to, you know, like your family, you're putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. you know, in that work. So I think it creates such a level of honesty. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing with, with MMA is that there's just so much vulnerability. It's like when you first walk into jujitsu, your first class, it's like, you think, oh, I'm a big dude. Or I thought I'm a big dude. I'm bigger than everyone else. I'm going to at least be able to muscle my way through everyone. And then for anyone that's done jujitsu their first day and thought that it's never, it never goes that way. And then you're out of gas and you got to throw up halfway through class. Mm-hmm. I thought that you're still getting choked by somebody else's collar. And everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. So there's just that vulnerability that I think uh, that's a common thread and in, in with the authenticity and creativity because, uh, you know, MMA is, is, is an art and martial arts are, are still an art. So there's that creativity end with that too. And then the music and the fact that you do both things, it just helps you really see that, I think, because that's how I feel too. Yeah, I think having the security, self-confidence also is probably helpful that, like, you beat up most people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh, you didn't like the song? Oh, let's go and bring it in. The end. Yeah. Bring yeah. it on. Well, yeah. well, let me try it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me try and strum this a little bit. Just fucking. Yeah. Like the rock. Yeah. It was, uh, if, if you're not, like, willing to put yourself out there and be vulnerable or, you know, stuff like that, it's, like, how can you ever expect to, you know, move forward with your progression as, like, you know, as a, as a person? Not, not even let alone, like, music, not even MMA or anything like that. But if you're not willing to put your insecurities and fear out there, it's, like, how are they ever going to become better? How are you ever going to get a better viewpoint of that? Yeah, I think people talk about that a lot. And then something gets lost in translation when they get on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, like everyone's okay to be that way in person but on social media there's some expectation that it's different or that it's better and so there's like a there's that breakup of of authenticity in the inspiration that can that can come across you know what i mean yeah well it's a lot of fear too i feel like it's that fear of what everyone else is gonna think and that judgment that's gonna come from it or yeah, yeah, one hundred. They shelter themselves from their own thoughts, so then they feel like they they want to put themselves out there because they want to advance, but they lose the authenticity because they don't like who they really are, or they feel like people are going to reject who they really are. At least that's what I felt in my own. I feel like experiences I've dealt with that in some way, shape, or form. So, well, I imagine sh- a lot of people have that issue. Yeah, and I'm sure if you ever get knocked out, you know, in front of a lot of people, it makes it it makes your perspective on how people view you pretty different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, um, you know, so coming off my first loss, uh, last year, last year was the last time I fought. And before that I was undefeated. Wow. You know, so it was like, I think a lot of the, a lot of the issue that a lot of folks have, like, you know, especially MMA and I, I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for myself and what I've witnessed. So it's, uh, I understood myself as like a fighter or like an undefeated fighter or something like that. And then this is what everybody was building me up as and all that stuff. And then, you know, I lost and it was like, 
fuck, man. Like, even though it was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, brush it off. Still, like, the internal subconscious thing is still ticking. It's like, you're not that guy no more. You're not that, you know, undefeated fighter. And it's like everybody's, instead of being like, man, that was awesome, it was like, hey, you okay? And it's like, man, it's around the flip side of that coin. Mm-hmm. And you identified as this, you know, other person. Now it's like, if you strongly identified in it, that's why you see people, like, retiring, coming out of retirement, or retiring and getting into trouble, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, fuck, they don't know who the hell they are or who they identify as yeah. anyways anymore yeah. to themselves. Yeah. I think that's huge to say. Well, then on coming up, at what point did you start to feel that, like, or when did you start identifying as the undefeated fighter? Was it after the first fight when you're 1-0 and and you're like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm undefeated, I'm going to keep the ball rolling. All right, now I'm 2-0. and It was before. It was, oh, really? Yeah, it was before my fight. So it was like uh, I was having issues – or just making money, it was, it was, you know, difficult trying to find try, time to train, find a time trying to make work or do work, everything like that, make money. And it was just, if I didn't do fighting anymore, what would I do? Like, who would I be? You right. know? And it, it's something that, fuck, man, I never really thought about, you know, before. And I started trying to think about it. And then you're just like, Oh man, well this is this is an actual issue. It might not it might not sound like a problem like outside looking in, but inside looking out, it's like, oh man, that's that that's a big thing, you know. Yeah, dude. Wow. So when going into that fight, it was I don't know if it was uh you know, precognition or you know, whatever the hell it is, like self fulfilling prophecy. But going into that fight afterwards, it was like I wasn't that person that I thought I was. There was a lot of like internal changing that was going on, so but you were like alert and present to recognize it like at the top and while it was going on. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, like, how did, how did you get over it? Like getting to the point to where you're good as John long, regardless of whether or not you're a fighter. Um, just kind of just making peace, making peace with things. It's like, cause I mean, the disappointment stems from expectation most of the time. And when we have, you know, preconceived notions about who we are or things like that or things that we have thought to be true that aren't necessarily true, it's like, okay, we got to understand that that wasn't the right mindset to have. And if you can get that, then you can start moving past it and forward it. So there's a lot of just time that I needed to spend, you know, for myself in order to get that. So, yeah. And that's actually so true because I feel like a lot of times it's almost like we get to a point or I do to where I feel like I know myself so well to where I get to that point to where it's like I'm so disappointed with an outcome because I thought of myself as being this way and the outcome wasn't. And then it's like, well, shit, what am I now? I'm still just me. But like, yeah, well, I spun yourself up for failure. I spun completely out of control because I was I went through that when I was younger you know like and uh with hockey and like i only identified as that and then when it was gone like i was i was faced with the question like what are you without hockey after it was over you know and then that Mm -hmm. like that really fucked me up so having the ability to like address acknowledge it and address it like early on in your career because it's not like you're long in the tooth and um you know be able to recognize that and adjust so that no matter what happens you're good yeah yeah that's huge 
it's been good for us. This, is, this has been a personal therapy session. <laughs> at this point now, now we're starting to realize and go, shit, man, fucking, I, I've been there. I wish I had John this whole time. That's dude, what I'm saying. <laughs> well, like, I, I think more people are starting to recognize it, especially as mental health is talked about more and like uh, fighters and, and just athletes in general as they retire, talking about their issues in retirement um just like you said like a lot of people will come out way past their prime of retirement and try to make another run out of it when you know they just need a paycheck it's sad to see but that's the reality yeah it's it's tough out there for sure so one thing i was going to ask again was you also do some coaching for just the actual Paragon advanced class. And I do you do the beginner class at all too. Do you teach them at all? Um, we just started doing the uh, beginner class at six o'clock. Right. So okay. that cardio class is now changing over to Paragon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Beginners. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, well, your freaking classes are no joke and they make you, they make you burn like a, like a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> So that's what I was going to ask was, uh, are, do you have an equal amount of passion for just helping the fitness side of it as well as training people to just become world-class killers? Um, yeah, I mean, just, just a little bit, just a little bit. I I mean, I just want to whoop your ass. That's yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, more of a passion for the, just the the coaching and whatnot. Um, but yeah, gotta have my fighters condition. That's for sure. Anybody, anybody that I'm, that's training under me, isn't going to, you know, no, no inhaler. Yeah, no, no inhaler no. game. <laughs> yeah. hey, he's already starting to. Isn't he already jumping on another fight? In November. Yeah, he's fighting uh, Volkov next for the main event. I was just and reading that. Ganu, dude, over. was was calling for it. He wanted the fight, and then uh, they're giving it to Hardy. I hope, I hope Hardy gets his ass whooped. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Yeah, the, I, I don't know. Volkov's a beast, dude. Volkov's got him real striking. He's like six foot. That's six what I'm or saying. Something. I think he's gonna whoop his ass, dude. All the comments are saying, "Rest in peace, Greg." Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's man. Not, if he pulls it off, that's gonna add a lot of legitimacy to him. That's, that's the thing. That's, yeah, if he does, gonna and it's gonna give him the. Because I, I was just telling him this last time is, you almost don't want to see him fight one of the big name guys because we don't want him to see him beat like one of our favorite fighters like we don't want to see him beat a Derek lewis yeah when brock lesnar came in he beat randy couture pissed me yeah. off i was like motherfucker yeah dude i could see how that would even be taking such a even taking thing. the domestic violence issues aside i still think it's anytime there's career. a crossover athlete because like like you've been you've been in the sport since 2007 i don't know how old you were in 2007 but i would imagine very young and being in the sport for all those years putting so much into it and then someone just is out of the nfl for four years and then they come over and now they're fighting fucking volkov in a main event after using his inhaler and he doesn't yeah. know the rules he doesn't know the rules <laughs> yeah he kind of going like bane like what the hell you yeah. you adopted this shit i was born in it and yeah. you see him come over and have success you're just like motherfucker that's yeah. <laughs> it was it was so it weird. wasn't that easy okay that's yeah exactly <laughs> It was so weird because he was talking about how it, he's a beast and he, but he's got athletes induced asthma and it's cleared. And like you, you said you were a thick kid when you were younger. I was like that too. And I had athletes induced asthma Me too, but only when I was like a fat kid, dude, yeah. I couldn't like, I couldn't run and, and skate. Like I needed to skate. So I had a little puffer mm-hmm. that I would just give you a little boost. <laughs> 
just boost me up with some oxygen. She don't quick, get lapped dude. by the little kids. But that hey. was, but that was, you can't be doing that as, as a professional athlete when that's illegal. Yeah. Athletes induced. Where's asthma. your side on that? Like as a guy who corners all the time, where, where do you feel like the corner should have been in that situation? Uh, is it their Thomas with his corner, right? Is, yeah. is that, Dean, is that, man, he knows. Dean Thomas he knows. Know. That's the thing. He knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knows, dude, that's man. exactly what I thought. Cause it's almost like, uh, you remember, uh, Yo Romero and the stool gate. Yeah. It was like, we know what you're doing. And then they also, they had the spill that there was that situation where all the ice oh, spilled. Yeah, too. dude, that was, and then they got to pick up the ice. It's like, you fucking meant to rip the bag a little, you can buy that extra two minutes there. And then you have, and then it was still wet. And then they didn't clean that up. It was a shit show. Yeah. I don't remember what card that was, but it's kind of a bummer when that happens too. Cause then it's like, everything's so tainted. Yeah. yeah. There's so much negativity already going into it with his career. So. Uh, Hardy's, yeah, yeah. What was it? Wasn't there something else that he got, you know, in trouble for or something? Domestic violence. Well, that was original. It was originally domestic violence, is what oh, got fighting. Him out of the you league. mean? Yeah, was it like a you shot need... outside? Oh yeah, yeah. You need the guy in the head. head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah, when he was on the ground, like, dude, just play play UFC video game, dude, and you, you you'll get the basic rules out of there for that. Yeah, if you, you just know, can't knee him in the head, that's one rule. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's kind of looking at him a little bit too harshly, though, because yeah. he is a new athlete in MMA. Yeah. It's like everybody's like just kind of, I don't want you to go after, after him and try and attack him. Let him come to you. Just like, yeah, yeah. only defend yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, so it's. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a interesting interesting, interesting sport as far as the fans go. We were actually talking about this earlier, how there's uh and even the, the fighters too, it's like there's it's just made up of a bunch of nerds, really. You know, like fighters are yeah. all like a lot of fighters are just really smart, you know, kind of nerdy dudes. People that are real fans are also people that game a lot and, you know, mm -hmm. do other stuff that society would consider to be sort of nerdy, but like those are the real, real analytical mm -hmm. ones that are analyzing every single aspect of it. People that like you really want on your, on your corner and, and, uh, on your side, I feel like just are not, not responding well to the Greg Hardy's and just the, the overall state of where some well, of the UFC's a lot of, at. A lot of like MMA fans and, and like I would say MMA is a very demanding sport just because it's moving so quick and there's no off season. So most people mm -hmm. that are MMA fans are pretty much only MMA fans. Like ever since I got into MMA, I've stopped watching every other sport or I've watched every other sport significantly less since I got into MMA. It's just hard to keep up with everything. Yeah, <laughs> when, you, when you're full in MMA. So I feel like when you're in that situation and someone comes from another sport that you don't even care about, you don't care about the other sport, you didn't grow up playing football, then... So I get, you know, what you're saying saying with that. Um, but as far as the community goes, I would say that, yeah, it's pretty... Uh, just a unique group that... Uh, you just can't bullshit them, really. Is yeah. Like the main thing. Like you can't bullshit the fighters, yeah. and you can't bullshit the fans, or the people who, who participate in the sport. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's, yep. that's what I feel like happens with 
a lot of these people who just get to come in like CM Punk, like all of a sudden a storylines created that they've been training for however long and that like they're all of a sudden qualified to be. Well, here. I would say CM Punk is a different. Well, the thing is the the main difference between CM Punk, Greg Hardy is Greg Hardy's fucking winning. But, True, but, but like the entry, like say the first fight never happened, then yeah. like it would be. I mean, plus have you, similar. I mean, that's kind of, it's, it's, it's a harder argument to go, but back to guest. <laughs> Same. What is that? Well, because now we're going to start talking about other things. I'm thinking about. It. I'm I like, know. well, it's different because that's welterweight division versus heavyweight division. Look at the competition in the two, and then yeah, I mean, there's a lot of WWE existential factors. From... But the reality is, is like the UFC is trying to force ran the kind of random storylines down our throats, and fighters and fans are trying to say like, this dude is is not qualified to be here. Right. Yeah. So. But I mean, he's proving that he is in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's no Brock Lesnar, so but true. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's coming in. That's he's doing, true too. He's I doing mean, some good, good jobs. Yeah, he's whooping ass. Yeah, and heavyweight is just always tough. You never know in those divisions because like it could just end at any point. Like that guy, I, I saw the stats of the fight, and like regardless of the inhaler, it was like significant strikes and total strikes was so. I think it was like double every round. Yeah, yeah, class. Yeah, and um, but like it still felt like even through the end of the third round that he could have caught him. What wasn't it? Is it that guy that name that he fought the fighting wombat or something like that? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Some, something he crazy. Like that. We kind of looked like a wombat too. A little bit. Yeah, he was swinging like and he was a <laughs> Yeah. Well, he, he looked like he uh, he just looked like a younger Mark Hunt in there too. I was cracking up because he was just kept going for that overhand. Yeah. Lights out punch. How do you feel about uh, the state of the UFC? Like, do you think that that's the future in the states, or do you think it'll be a different league? Um, I, I think it's gonna be the same same thing for the next probably a good five to ten years. I think and I'd like to see it take a little bit more of a you know professional turn as far as less shit talk. You mm -hmm. know, more of a more one one type of deal. Yeah, but I think Bellator's on its come up though too. Yeah, sure. it's it's right in its coattails right now. I would say the top five, almost in every division in Bellator, I would say the top five could at least have competitive fights with the top five fighters in the UFC. So they've come a long way, which is cool. Are you encouraging guys to go a certain route? Like as they're coming up, are you trying to say like, consider this, consider that? Or do you just stay out of that and let them fight? I stay out of that. I mean, uh, like I'm always gonna preach respect, you know, towards everybody. I'm, I'm not a shit shit talker or whatever. I don't like any of my guys shit talking, uh, just because it looks bad. I You're think. old school. You don't like to talk. Yeah, let like let your actions show. Because there's been a lot of times people shit talk, man, and they just come in there and get lights out. So it's, I'm just not about that. But yeah, um, I I let them do whatever the hell you know they want to handle it. You know, I don't encourage the shit talk though, for sure. Yeah. What about like um, routes as far as like I, what I what I would really like to see is Bellator get to the point to where we could. Do, what do you think of like cross promotional stuff like Bellator versus UFC? I think that's. Cool. I think it's great. I think yeah. it's absolutely great for uh, business. That, the uh, whole risen risen Bellator tournament thing that they had. Yeah. That's, super dope. Yeah, that's awesome. I would love that's what I was trying to say is I would love for Bellator to get to the point and I think that they're probably pretty close. You know, I think it's 
We had that stint that would have been cool when uh, there was that small period of time where DC was a two-division champ and Bader was the two-division champ. And they already had that before in the UFC they were going to fight. It was a missed opportunity there. Sure. I think the biggest difference between... Well, I feel like it was a big missed opportunity for Bellator. The only thing that uh, the UFC really has over Bellator is like that real documented history. Mm-hmm. of the evolution of the sport really taking place under that banner. Yeah. Whereas, like, well, if the that... owns the rights to Pride's footage. Exactly. Like, basically, mm-hmm. all of the documented history of the sport is in the UFC vault. Yeah. So it would have been it would have been huge for Bellator, but for the UFC, I can see why they wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But at some point, the demand is going to get so high that they're going to have to just in order to not have people leave and say, fuck the UFC. Well, I mean, people have already started to do that. Yeah. Um, I think Paige was talking about her. She's going to test free agency. There's a, oh, there, really? there's a few other people that were doing the same thing as well. Sergio Pettis. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, then sponsorships too. I mean, that's another thing that I think then, a lot of guys are. Picking that was huge. That was huge. There's some guys that lost $50,000, you know, just in sponsorship alone. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole year of income for a lot of people. Lot I mean, that's, people. yeah, especially if you're fighting and you can only do it so many times throughout the year. It's not like you can sign up to fight every week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, just the training is brutal. You got to pay all your coaches. You got to, you know, pay the gym. You got to, you know, pay your doctors. You got to get taken care of, make sure you're, you know, healthy over the fight camp. You got a nutritionist, everything like that, especially at that level. Oh, yeah. It's that $50, you know, dwindles down to like $13,000, $10,000 real quickly. So, gosh, that's a beast. Yeah, it's it, you got to figure out a way to get more money into the sport. For sure. Well, uh, that for years, though. side note for me, my last uh, and final question about guidance probably just my last probably gotta get you out of here because you gotta get to the gym i'd imagine but um my question was going to be how much do you play a role in i guess crafting together all the fighters i guess their regimen just because i know the the practice that you run is just the overall practice just for total mma right Mm -hmm. then are you then encouraging them to go to jujitsu, do their wrestling, do all that on the side when it's not under your supervision or, or yeah, is that ab- absolutely. up to them? Absolutely. Well, it's, uh, I always told them everything they do outside of here is just going to change and affect everything inside of here. So, mm. um, always like they need to always be going on their wrestling because it just, if, if they're able to work with Suhudo like angel, then by far do that. If they're able to go to the jujitsu practice, by far do that because they're going to teach them shit that I can't teach them. You know, mm-hmm. like I always want them to do everything outside of there. That's so like, so. you know, when they're going to the other, it's like, are you keeping tabs, I guess, or uh, does they, it help they're, you? They're filling me in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They keep tabs on me. They let yeah. me know. It's so. probably helpful as you assimilate, you know, the game plans and stuff to know so you can talk. And like we said earlier at the beginning, communicate with the other gyms and stuff. Yeah, just because in, in every aspect, in every life, you know, whether it's a job, there's always people that don't uh, fully do everything all the way. It's like they say with John Jones all the time. Like, mm-hmm. he's just sometimes a beast to work with. Maybe he shows up late. He's not going to be there for practice maybe one day. Or there, there's just all those different stories and whatnot. So yeah. that's my main curiosity is just how much of that is having to manage just these people and and. Mm-hmm. 
in their schedules? It's uh, you know, it's it's kind of since the fight team grown because I started it back in. Me and uh, Derek Flores actually started. Oh, it okay. Back in I think the end of January, something like that. Uh, we didn't have anybody fighting at the time. It was just like, oh man, well we hope to get these people, you know, ready for fights, and you know we're we're gonna start working, and eventually, and then now, you know, it's it started with uh, I think it was Jerry Jerry Rodriguez, or mm. no, it started with getting people ready for the Muay Thai Open. Mm. Um, once we got people past that, then okay, more people started jumping in, being ready to fight, and then now it's like we have uh about five people getting ready for the muay thai open coming up in december and then we have you know several other people fighting in may so it's just it's getting a little bit more difficult to keep track if i need to get an assistant or something yeah i mean it's got to be <laughs> tough because you got you know it's literally every time i see it it's just you in there and you're just running ship you know running circles around the entire gym and pointing everyone in all these different directions it seems stressful as hell uh, so I even had to have right. you on because we figured it'd be uh, tough. <laughs> no, nah, it's all right. I get to take them out when I spar people. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, that was good shits. stuff, dude. Aiden, give me ten burpees if you're listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> he better be listening to this. Yeah, everybody better be listening. Yeah, to this. yeah whole, <laughs> this has been good shit, dude. Yeah, it's been a great one. I feel like super helpful too for just anyone. Not even the cool thing about this show is I feel like even. Uh, People that aren't in the sport of MMA, there's a lot that they can take from it and take mm -hmm. inspiration from uh, people. Really, like all you. yeah, all the things you've said. So, oh yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, of course, we can't man. thank you enough for coming on. Yeah, dude, got well, any uh, got any updates? Yeah, anything, anything you want to share? Add? Um, yeah, we have a uh, we have Gerardo Rodriguez. Uh, so he's Rise of the Prospects champ. Uh, he's underneath me. He's fighting for. Um, I forgot the, the name of the organization. So this is it SAC is, is it? or yeah. SAAC or something? Yeah, yeah, something that, like that South Asian Eastern Arts or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something. He's he's fighting for the championship over there as well. We have uh, JT Scott. He's fighting for the championship, uh, welterweight champion um, for Iron Boy. Oh, okay. November sixteenth. Uh, Aiden's fighting November sixteenth. We were trying to get Juice fighting November sixteenth. We got a bunch of different different stuff. Hell yeah! It's an awkward Um, one thing I did want to—is it okay if I do a plug? Absolutely, of course. Yeah. So Jasmine Anderson, uh, she's one of my, uh, you know, one of my longtime uh, students who's been with me. They follow me over from Jab. Uh, she started a company called Clean Fight. So clean fights all if you, you it's all natural it's like jasmine spices stuff like that but you spray it in your gloves gets rid of the odor but she has like CBD products got really? bath bombs all really? that type of stuff that's yeah. cool I think I've so seen some is it in the men's easy. locker room at fight ready yeah oh okay yeah. that sounds good yeah what's what uh yeah what's uh what is it her her Instagram name for it is clean fight az. Clean fighting. Yeah. We'll right. even, uh, we'll share something too on our, uh, on the awkward MMA page too, just so they can see it too. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's good stuff. It's great stuff. So I got stinky ass gloves, man. This <laughs> had stinky yeah, gloves dude. that I don't have yeah, anymore. But. Yeah. All right. What's your, what's your Instagram quick before we, uh, uh, my Instagram is John all night. All one word. Yeah. All right. Super simple. All right. Thank you. Thank Stay you tuned guys. For the next part. It's going to be good. All right. Later. Later. Cool. It's going to be awkward. <laughs>